I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. I am at the Rose Bowl where everything is being broken down, where UCLA defeated Washington 40-32. to I do not have any attendance numbers, but it wouldn't matter if I did because they would be exaggerated. The upper levels of the end zones um, were all closed off, and I would say that uh, the lower portions, it was probably about half full. I've never been in a stadium where so much noise is being cranked in as uh, we did at UCLA. I don't know if you guys could tell the music just being blasted, absolutely blasted into the stadium. Could you guys pick that up on TV? I just, I did, I mean, I you could hear it, but I just, you know, when you try to actually pick out the crowd noise, it, it just didn't, it didn't seem like it was affecting anything on, on either side. So it just it no, felt like what we expected it would be. It felt like the the crowd was probably going to be a bit of a non-factor. Yeah, um, yeah, crowd pretty much was a non-factor. It got loud at times in here, but not overly loud. But um, the other thing, I'm not sure if you guys could see on TV, they've installed LED lights here at UCLA Stadium, and one of the a couple of things, the advantage of UCLA Stadium, first of all, the lighting is fantastic, but the old type of lights, you can't turn them on and off. With the LED lights, you can shut them on and off, on and off, on and off immediately, and they did quite a bit of um, uh, game in-game stuff with the lights, turning them on and off, especially after touchdowns and things. So um, it was really unique down here at UCLA. Those things have got to be expensive, and they used them to full uh, full advantage. So. Um, that was kind of crazy, but uh, the first half, Washington started out uh, pretty fast, and you know, after the first initial touchdown, things kind of went downhill for the rest of the half. After that, yeah, I mean, it, you know, bottom line is they were they were down 16 points at half, but you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson basically was able to do anything he wanted to do. They were, you know, basically two out of three on third downs, six out of nine. They you know, I mean, really, at, you know, they, they won the turnover battle. You know, Washington, it was funny because the, the Michigan State game, they got that early safety to help them out. You know, Washington gave up a safety early in the game, which was kind of pretty unnecessary, uh, a botched um, pitch that went wrong. And uh, that they, they ended up giving up seven points, even though it was a great kick by Grady Gross. Give him a lot of credit. He was able to pin UCLA really deep. In their own territory, and you UCLA don't see went, that much. Yeah, you don't. But you know, they went 90 yards plus to score. Yeah. At that particular yep. drive, it was like, okay, the DTR show is here. What's he going to do if Washington can't stop him throwing the ball? And before that he basically happened, was able to do anything he wanted to. But before that happened, Washington went down and they scored on a nice pass. Was it to Rome uh, Odunzi yep. down? corner of the end zone and then they stopped ucla on fourth down to get the ball back and it sure looked like washington had the momentum until that fumble uh you know incurred the safety and then things just went downhill after that but i mean i thought washington had a lot of momentum especially after stopping them on fourth down they did they did and then they get the free kick that pins them all the way back on their own seven and you're thinking okay washington maybe gives up a down first down or two and and they'll get the ball back and we'll be kind of back on our equilibrium and that didn't happen. They weren't able to stop UCLA. I mean, UCLA converted two third downs. Um, they got a bunch of chunk plays and uh, were able to drive right down on Washington. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the, I, I would say at the minimum, the rest of the second quarter th- and the full third quarter as well. We knew this this defense, you know, was going to 
not be as good as what we've seen in the past. And we knew that they would give up the big chunk of plays, but I don't think they really gave up the big, uh, you know, the big plays tonight. I think what, you know, I think they just got gashed over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, they did. They did get gashed a lot. Um, they looked tired. Uh, they looked slow. It looked like UCLA was playing with a pep in their step and Washington was slow. I think some of that had to do with grass. Washington does not play well on grass. They haven't for a long time. And, um, you know, UCLA made them pay for it. Washington couldn't get off the field a couple times. They had a couple uh, penalties that, that really hurt them on the defensive side of the ball. And, and, they couldn't make plays, and then when they did have a chance to make a play, they missed tackles, and you just can't you just can't have that. Especially, I mean, look, Jake Bobo might be a big tough guy to tackle. There's no reason why you should be running through like a knife through butter on on these Husky TPs. That that was that was poor tackling. Hey Scott, just you know, I wanted to ask you too. You know, we've been hearing quite a bit from people we talk to. You know, with Courtney Morgan in it, recruiting, the one thing that he's emphasized is they need to get bigger, especially on defense. I think we saw why tonight. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, there there were some things that could have been done. I mean, their their linebackers just didn't play that well. I don't think. I didn't. I don't think that the corners and the and the safeties played very well either. I mean, Alex Cook got run in circles a couple times. Uh, Julius Irvin, who's supposedly Washington's best cover guy, <laughs> he got run in circles. Jordan Perryman, we saw him a little bit. Um, other than a bad throw by Thompson Robinson, he, that he probably gets thrown a, a touchdown on. Didn't happen though. But um, you know, there were a couple guys I saw out there kind of running around and flying around and making plays, but uh, just not enough guys on the defensive side of the ball. And Chris, going into the game, you know, we, you know, Softy put out a tweet about expecting to see Jackson Kirkland inside at guard and Troy Fontanu move out to right, uh, move out to left tackle. A little bit surprised at that move. A little bit, um, only because they had they hadn't done it. Um, that you know clearly with Jackson only being back for the last game, uh, you know it was one of those things where they you know it just haven't done all that much. Um, clearly they that was a signal that they were really really wary of what guys like Leatu Latu and some of those guys could do coming off the edge, and they clearly thought that Troy Faltani was a better fit than Jackson Kirkland out there. Um, we'd also heard, I think Scott was saying that, that maybe he'd also heard that, uh, you know, maybe there's some guys in the NFL that are curious about what Jackson Kirkland might look inside as opposed to outside. So there's, there's that kind of overriding thought as well. I, I don't think it really mattered at the end of the day. Um, I think that the, the UCLA guys did, they, they made enough of a rush early on to really put panics on the defensive and I think I think he ended up getting sacked what twice in the in yeah. the entire game, but when it came down to it, Just he sacked really once, actually yeah. What's that? Just sacked once. Once okay, but when it came down to it, he really looked out of sorts early because he was really forcing some things and he was doing he was kind of throwing the ball in ways that we hadn't really seen in terms of maybe not trusting his guys like he had in the past. And I think they got that rectified in the second half. They obviously played much, much better offensively in the second half. But, you know, the the two picks in the first half, just really, 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 you can't in a game like this, when it's so tight, you just cannot have turnovers on the road like that. Though They're death. Getting back to Jackson Kirkland, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to, um, uh, you know, Coach DeBoer post game where he said that he's 
thought that Jackson Kirkland could be a great, great guard, and he played guard earlier in his career. Also asked him if this was something that we could foresee, you know, as an ongoing thing. He didn't give a definitive answer on that. He said that that's going to be something that they're going to have to take a look at in the film. So uh, not sure if this is a one-time deal. But with that change on the offensive line, like I said, I'm, I'm in a little different field position than you guys. Where were you seeing that pass rush come from? Was it coming from the edge or it looked to me a lot of it was coming the pressure was coming from up the middle and maybe that was a reason for him to move inside mostly up the middle um at, at least tonight uh mostly up the middle but i mean they were they were they had st- stuff coming off the edge too i mean the 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 offensive line struggled but i will say this that the receivers weren't helping things by not getting open i mean there are a couple times where t- um Penix had time to throw and didn't have anybody open <laughs> And also a couple drops. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that said, I think you should give UCLA credit. They they schemed it uh, along the front. They weren't necessarily, like Scott said, some of it came up the middle. Some of it came on the edge. I think they did enough to kind of keep Penix off balance a little bit. Um, I know Talapapa and, and Cameron Davis and those guys, they had some nice pickups in pass protection, which really, really helped. But again, I don't necessarily think they were overwhelmed per se. One of the other things that happened is that the first four games, guys, we really didn't see a lot of holding calls made on either side. Tonight, a bunch of holding calls made. The the primar- primarily it was made on Washington's side, but it was just something where it, it didn't it felt weird to watch the Pac twelve guys all of a sudden call a bunch of holding calls when the first four weeks didn't really see all that much. Yeah, they turned the lights off on me, me guys, but I can see a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, they're coming back on. But you know, also, Michael Panic's a little out of character. A couple of wild throws, what two two interceptions in the first half? Yeah, yeah, and it just it just felt like he was forcing things when he didn't necessarily have to. Just trust his guys. Like I said, I think he really settled down the second half. I think they came with a better game plan of just kind of taking the free money, letting the guys kind of crossing routes, getting them in places where they could get some yak downfield. I thought McMillan took advantage of that. Obviously, Roma Dunzi had over 100 yards, had a really good day. Um, so I think once they got their footing, clearly they outscored UCLA 16 to nothing in the fourth quarter. If they could have gotten one more drive, could they have possibly tied the game? <laughs> Obviously, we'll never know. But they once they got settled in, I think the 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 situation or the moment wasn't too big for them. But they dug themselves too big a hole. And, you know, that's kind of the story. The main storyline, guys, is that all season long, we've seen them take advantage early, jump out to a big lead. This was the exact opposite. And I just think I, I just don't think that they had any history or any way of being able to work on that because they'd never had to deal with it before. And this will be a huge learning experience for them. Well, I think the killer was that interception right before halftime and UCLA goes in and scores another touchdown just right before halftime on, you know, Penix's second in- interception. I think that was the one that really killed them. Yeah, it was the field. Well, they just scored a field goal at the end of the half to go 26-10. But yes, that was extra points that you didn't need to do it. If they take that away, now all of a sudden it's 37-32. It doesn't mean you still need to score at the end of the game and whatnot. But, yeah, it just was indicative of uh, it was tough because even when they came out of halftime, Kim, they still weren't able to 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 keep UCLA off the scoreboard. I mean, Thompson Robinson, they run another 75 yard drive in nine plays. They go up 33 to 10. And that's when you're thinking, OK, 
even if Washington does get it together offensively, which they absolutely did from that moment on, they outscored them 22 to seven, but it was so far, it's so big a hole and you never had any confidence that the defense was going to be able to rise the occasion, which ironically enough, they did in the fourth quarter because they shut them down. Yeah. With, you know, UCLA scoring 26 points in the first half and they didn't score in a first down when they went. I mean, they didn't score on their first drive where they went all the way down to the goal line and didn't convert. What were they on the three where they didn't convert? Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, Washington just did. Did UCLA punt? I don't have the stats in front of me. Did they punt? Yes, they had a punt in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, they just drove the ball up and down the field and they had, what, 273 yards, I think it was, uh, at the first half. And, um, you know, when you, you know, you give up those 26 points in the first half and then you, uh, give up that interception and they get the field goal at the end. And then UCLA's got the ball back again to start the second half. And it looked like UCLA may have changed their game plan a little bit in the second half, but it sure looked like, you know, to me anyway, Scott, it looked like Washington was determined to do what they do and not really panic. Um, I didn't see a lot of urgency on there, but, you know, in the fourth quarter, they still had a chance to come back and tie the game. But they looked like they stayed on their game plan. They did. They stayed on their game plan, at least offensively. Um, Defensively, I think they did a few different things and, and uh, they were able to, you know, get some stop. They were able to get a stop and 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 stuff like that. But they didn't get a stop down the end when they had a chance. And you know, I, I mean, you know, the I think Washington and the staff and the and the players are going to look back on this and say coulda, woulda, shoulda, and a lot. And this is going to keep them up at night because I think Washington knows they could have played better. Um, than they did. Uh, I think they know that they they can play with this team, even with UCLA kind of playing out of its mind. And Kim, you were making a point to us that the play-by-play crew for UCLA was saying that they hadn't they didn't recognize that defense. It looked like a completely different defense. And maybe those were some things that threw Washington off for a little while. But eventually, Washington was able to get those those yards in the second half. They were able to get those touchdowns and make things close. And I'll tell you what, Dorian Thompson Robinson, you know, uh, say what you want about him. I've, I've kind of ripped the guy because he's been so erratic. But, man, he was dialed in tonight. It's funny because I was listening. I always listen to the um – uh, away broadcast when I'm on the road. So I was listening to that broadcasting and team and they said that they UCLA blitzed more in the first quarter than they had all season combined. And Michael Penix seemed to be a little irritated when I asked him about that, you know, at the end of the game. And I don't know if he just didn't, didn't agree or he just doesn't, didn't want to make any excuses, but he just said, no, they didn't do anything unusual, but Mike was a little prickly after the game too. So I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to that, but, um, he he looked like a different quarterback in the second half. He did, and I think they did they did kind of come up with a game plan to help combat whatever UCLA tried to throw him in the first half. Now, there's that common thread, right? All you know, season long, early on, what was one of the threads from 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 fans that we would hear all the time? You know, you're playing Kent State, you're playing Portland State, and then you play Michigan State. This this behemoth from the Big Ten coming out from the East Coast. 
to to play at Washington? Are you going to hold things back? Now, are we going to ask the same thing of UCLA? Now, the UCLA coaches would never say that. The players would never admit to it. But when you play Bowling Green, South Alabama, Alabama State, and Colorado on the road, who we know is horrific, did they maybe have something in their back pocket? Is it possible? Like I think it. it's possible. Yeah. I think it's you know, absolutely possible. Hey, one of the weird stats tonight, Chris, who do you think had more offensive plays? What Nobody. team? Nobody. They had both of them far. had 70. Both of them had 72 plays. Yeah. Kind of unusual. Uh, 410 yards. Uh, was it 410 or 416 and uh, 499 for UCLA total yardage? And just a couple of quick stats that jump out. Uh, Wayne Talapapa, 10 carries for 48 yards. Um, Michael Penix Jr. was 33 of 48. They threw the ball 48 times. He had two interceptions, 345 yards, four touchdowns. He was sacked twice on the official stat sheet. Scott Romo Dunsey had um, eight eight receptions for 116. Jalen McMillan had six for 81. Alex Cook uh, and uh, uh, that Cameron. That was 61, Cam. 61. Okay. Cam, uh, Alex Cook and uh, Cam Fab uh, both were uh, leading tacklers with 11. Dorian Thompson Robinson, 24 for 33 for 315, three touchdowns. He was sacked once, no interceptions. And uh, uh, their big receiver, Bobo, had six receptions for 142 yards. Just killed them. Uh, Zach Charbonnet. Again, we talked about him earlier this week in the podcast. He was a guy that Washington recruited real heavily, 22 carries for 124 yards. And I think as much as Dorian Thompson-Robinson was a difference maker, Zach Charbonnet just seemed to impose his will on Washington tonight. He did a good job, no doubt. I mean, he, he he's the real deal. He, he was as advertised. I would say Thompson-Robinson, for all the things that he did through the air tonight, I think almost as impressive was the way he ran the clock in their four minute drills in the fourth quarter. Cause they ended up with 499 total yards. They could have ended up with 599. If this was a tight game, a really tight game to the point where they needed to, to really establish something and keep scoring because Washington wasn't stopping them at yeah. the end of the game. When they needed to get a third down conversion, they kept it in DTR's hands, even though I know, you know, it's give it to the, give it to Charbonnet, give it to the Haas, let him run. No, no, no. You give it to Thompson Robinson and make him create because that's what he's good at. And he showed exactly why. So they ran perfect four minute uh, offense at the, the kind of the final couple drives to really salt this game away. Um, kind of the way Washington did at the end of the Michigan state game. Uh, truthfully, it was very similar. So um, really good on UCLA for the game management, but Washington just gave them so much in the first half. It just, it was such an uphill battle. They just couldn't come back. Good news is uh, they kind of get an extra day to prepare for Arizona State, which is next Saturday at one o'clock in the afternoon. But, you know, they're probably not going to get back home um, up to UW till about three o'clock in the morning. I'm sure they left about 45 minutes ago, but, um, you know, they've got some time to prepare for Arizona State. Um, guys, cut this a little bit short. Um, they're starting to turn the lights on and off on me in here, which I don't know if they're telling me to get the hell out of here or what. But uh, why don't you go ahead and wrap it up, Chris Fetters? Yeah, just like I said, I, I I don't think this team ever quit. I think that that's just not in this uh, this particular program's DNA at the moment. But just I think in a lot of ways we could probably go back. And I think when the coaches go back and we talk to them, 
uh, on Monday, they're going to probably tell us that there were there were some things that they were shown by UCLA that they just they just didn't weren't expecting. And I, maybe UCLA was holding some things back. Who will never know. But really, when it comes to things like penalties, when it comes to things like tackling, the fundamentals, things like that, just too many missed things, especially on defense, that really held this team back from being able to get the ball and do the things that they needed to offensively when they finally got on track. So much to learn for, uh, learn from, so much that they can grow from on this, and we will really see what the response will be when they hit the road next week and they go to ASU. Scott Eklund, wrap it up. I agree with a lot of what Chris Fetter said. We're going to find out more about this team, you know, this week. What is it going to look like? And probably the hottest game this team has played in in a long, long time next weekend at one o'clock kickoff in Arizona and or you know, at Arizona State. And, and um, you know, I, I, I like the fight. I thought they've kept fighting. I know a lot of people thought that the team quit. They didn't quit. They played hard. They they just didn't have it tonight. And uh, UCLA is going to do this to some teams. I think they're going to be a tough out for a lot of teams this year. Um, but, boy, did Dorian Thompson-Robinson really put himself on the map and, and say, hey, this is my house. This is I've been here for five years, and I'm going to make plays. And that's what he went out and did. So Washington needs to recover. Um, I think they will. And I think they're going to have a good week of practice, and we'll see what happens after that. One o'clock start on – Saturday at Arizona State. I can't remember the last time we had a day game down in the desert, but uh, that ought to be interesting. We'll have to take a look at the weather, see if it's going to be 100 degrees down there. Also, I want to say, I want to say honestly, I think it was 2015 when Jake Browning was a freshman and went down there. And they were ahead at half and ended up losing. Yeah. By the way, Arizona State plays USC tomorrow. Okay, and that's at Arizona State. Uh, no. No, I think that's at USC. At USC. All right. Just a lot of familiar faces down here. It was good to see Joe Toledo. Uh, good to see Azim Victor, Adam Siri, uh, former coach at Washington. Wayne Moses was here. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the guys that made me smile, I hadn't seen him in a long, long time, and he looks fantastic. Uh, Ben Madavi, haven't seen Ben in a long time. And it's kind of funny because we've been covering these guys for so long. And then you see these guys with all their kids running around. It's uh, it's uh, it's cool. And just one more thing, uh, Akaika Malloy after the game, there was a lineup, I think, of every defensive lineman and every, you know, poly kid waiting to hug Akaika Malloy. He's uh, he's sure a beloved guy by a lot of guys in the Husky community. So it was really good to see Akaika as well. So. Anyways, hey, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinolds, along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs. 